This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air, with your host, Rob Hessler. I want to say that in my 60 years on the planet, what I've seen is done by decades, and I've seen struggle as uh, Dr. Pat has done. And each one of those generations that I saw, remember, if you do your math, you're talking about two centuries now, the 20th and the 21st. You're talking about segregation and integration. And what I've seen through all of that is that when all is said and done in terms of the turmoil of the nation, we turn to our artists for relief. We turn to our artists for strength. We turn to our artists for guidance. And so the only thing I can say now is that to see 25 plus people gathering on a Saturday morning to talk about a theme, peace, and freedom now, I would say that you guys must always remember do your works to be guardians of freedom, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Rob Hessler. It is Wednesday at 3 o'clock on WRUU, and that little snippet that we played was Pat Gunn from the Freedom Now Quest for New Consciousness Finding Our Way discussion circle at the Savannah Cultural Arts Gallery held this past Saturday, January 11th, 2020, and Pat Gunn is my in-studio guest this week. Welcome, Pat. Thank you, Rob. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, so happy to have you here. And I want to mention, Pat has just opened the new Savannah Gallery on Slavery and Healing, which we'll be talking about all we'll be talking all about today. And she's also the CEO of Underground Tours of Savannah, described as a cultural heritage destination tour company, including tours on slavery. And she's the founder and executive director of the Geechee Institute. And she also manages the Center for Jubilee, Reconciliation, and Healing, among a number of other things. But we're not alone in the studio today. In fact, we've got a special guest co-host, someone that I think you're all familiar with, my good friend, AJ Perez. Welcome, AJ. Good to have you. Hey, everyone. And thank you, Rob, for having me uh, as a guest host. And uh, thank you also, Ms. Pat Gunn, for being here. Yeah, so uh, AJ was the curator for the aforementioned exhibition that we uh, played that little snippet from the discussion. And I want to mention, too, we're going to end this show with more from that discussion panel. Specifically, we're going to air a bit of talk about the work of Philip Davis. About the work of Philip Davis, specifically a bit of a conversation that he had with Henry Dean. And we've posted up some of his work on the Art on the Air Facebook page. So you can check out that work and hear what he's talking about, but you don't really need to even see the work to sort of get a sense of what he is talking about because he's talking about very important issues. And we're gonna be talking about a lot of that today. And without further ado, I wanna get into our conversation here with Pat Gunn, and I'm so happy to have you here today. Um, 
I describe you as one of my Savannah heroes. Well, I'm sir, I'm just honored, and I'm also very humbled. This is a, an amazing season, an amazing decade coming in, and an amazing group of uh, artists from all walks of life. And I just want to say kudos to you guys for allowing uh, some OGs to be a part of your circle. <laughs> this, is a, this is totally an intergenerational piece, and I'm just honored. Uh, Sister Roz is here to support us, and she's also the co-founder of the gallery on slavery and healing. So she says to say to everyone that I mean what she says. Okay, okay, very good, very good. Yeah, um, we're, and we're happy to have both of you here and happy to have uh, AJ here. And I, I want to jump right in, but I want to take some steps back because we are going to talk about that museum, but I'm very intrigued. I really, I will admit, I really only, you only kind of hit my consciousness about two years ago. And so I want to inform our listeners about what you've been what you've been doing and how you got to where you are now because if i'm not mistaken you started in a criminal justice background years and years ago so i want to kind of set a foundation for how you've gotten to be the activist and the you know where you got your kind of social conscience from because i think that that's steeped in some things that uh, you know your education from long ago so talk a little bit about that your background there yeah, so I'm number seven of ten uh, siblings of my mom and dad, and I remember my dad would say to my mom, I can't get a word in edgewater. <laughs> uh, so I knew that my mom was the orator, and he was more of the wise man. I went to school, left Savannah, and told my parents in the 70s, I'll be back in four years, and instead of being back in four years, I stayed 30-plus years and had an opportunity, y'all, to work with some of the best lawyers in the nation on the social justice causes of uh, death penalty work, jail conditions, um, all kind of uh, uh, innovative pieces for abortion rights, uh, Haynes versus State of Georgia. I've been to the Supreme Court and seen wonderful cases argued and won. So my background is social justice on those issues. And I think when I came back here to Savannah after being away, I realized that all the tools that I'd learned in those social justice environments would have to be the same tools that I would have to apply to Savannah. So here I am, and I'm just glad to share my skill set and learn from new generations as well. But I want folks to always know you guys got to stay awake and you've got to guard your freedom because when you stop guarding your freedom and think everything's cool, that's when things fall apart. Mm, for sure. I'm curious, though, like, where did you, I mean, you, you know, you talked about being involved in, you know, things like death penalty and these really important what what made you where do you think that came from like you know because that not everybody's just born with i mean i will say this is that you know before i moved to savannah i was not an activist in any way i mean i didn't go i had never been to a city council meeting i had never never you know i wasn't writing letters to people i wasn't involved at all and then there was kind of a spark there was a moment that um actually had to do with historic preservation, even though I rarely spend any time and energy on that so much these days. But there was a moment where um, they were getting ready to tear down a building and it kind of got me involved. And then all of a sudden it's a rabbit hole, you know. Yeah, but yeah. so I'm kind of curious, like, you know, you did all these things, but why did you do those things? Why did you decide to follow that path? Yeah, that's a great question. I never had anyone to ask me that. And the only thing I can think of is it was a life of living the work. And when I say that, do the math, y'all, I'm 61. And therefore, I was born in, in, a, in a segregated environment mm. in Savannah. 
I remember Sisra buckets on my TED Talk and how there was a colored water fountain and a whites-only water fountain. I remember being in the first class of integration where our teachers from those segregated schools gave us that talk. You're going into a new environment. You have to carry yourself with respect. You have to walk circumspect. You have to be an excellent student. So it came from those types of lessons. And then when I did get a chance to go to Atlanta, OMG, I worked with Mrs. Coretta Scott King. Mm. I worked with C.T. Vivian. Dr. Lowry and I used to negotiate uh, and come up with a strategy of how we're going to convince lawyers to take on death penalty cases. I've seen men and women in jails, in jail condition lawsuits. So I think it had to do with being there really in the moment and saying, you know, this is unjust, and I'm here going to Washington four times to lobby for the national holiday for Dr. King, getting pulled over in Virginia 20 cards deep because we're going to Washington to fight for justice. (laughs) So we were rocking and rolling and living it, so I think that's what it comes from, and it just stays with you. And uh, I guess the challenge for me is to interject that into new generations, saying that in every generation there's going to be some type of challenge. Let me share with you some of the tools that we've used, and you guys can take it to the next level, but you must never be afraid, you know, to stand up for justice wherever you are. Well, you know, you're talking about a period of segregation that you grew up in, but I think one thing that stood out to me in this past weekend's event, the Freedom Now Quest for New Consciousness Finding Our Way discussion circle, was you told a story about when you actually came to Savannah and you had all this incredible background that you just kind of hit on lightly, Mm -hmm. uh, what you were involved with. And so you went assuming you're going to get involved in another law firm and you're going to get, you know, right back to work and you encountered some obstacles and I I wonder if you'd be willing to share some of that now yeah it said in my spirit I basically said well with 30 years in criminal law um, civil litigation uh, class action and all of that uh, there was an actual um, advertisement for a position at the top law firm you guys figure it out (laughs) and I applied I went to the interview I went to the second interview everything was going smoothly and they sent me a letter saying, great experience, 30 years plus, but we found someone exactly with the same amount of experience within our law firm. About six months later, I got a call from another attorney who was working with another firm by then, and she said to me, listen, I've left that firm, and I'm at another firm, and I wanted to tell you that we'd be glad for you to come on board, but I also wanted to share with you that there were meetings that were held specifically about you to decide whether or not it was quote-unquote time to hire a person of color in criminal litigation. So, uh, you know, I thanked her for her And that was in 97, right? That That was was... in in 97 in Savannah. And that's when I realized, you know, I don't think that this is going to work for me to work for someone, so I'm going to just lose my tools uh, individually. And since then, I met Sister Roz Rouse, and we've been up and down the road helping people whose families are incarcerated support Um, We uh, have been doing a lot of social justice on our own. We also do things like mitigation packages. We don't really advertise it, but we've helped people to prepare to come Mm. home because I know what the system's looking for, and we have to show these families what to do to get their families home. So I think it's been a transference from a large law firm to just doing our own thing because we have the confidence and we know the law, and we're rocking it, and we're proud of that. 
Mm. For those of you that's joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I am your host, Rob Hessler, with my special in-studio guest co-host, AJ Perez, and our in-studio guest this week is Pat Gunn. AJ, do you want to dive in here? Because I feel like I'm stealing the mic here from you. I, I well, see you sitting over there. I feel there. like this is, you know, this is, we're getting the history, the background, the foundation, mm-hmm. uh, the what's kind of driven Pat Gunn into doing the work that she does, especially, you know, like she said, she, you know, coming back home to, yeah. to, to Savannah for her after being in Atlanta for 30 years plus. Yes, yes. And so now you've been in Savannah for 20 years again. So now you've kind of, I mean, you're, well, that's that's not that's not that long to some people. It depends on who you ask. So, I mean, I've been here uh-huh. for eight years and I might as well you know, be a be a out of town, a scoundrel or something. I don't really know, but um, it feels like a long time to me. Um, but I mean, I'm so I'm sort of curious. How have you seen things change from that moment that you just you know you just described, which is a bit disheartening to now, where we can say you know, in just the last couple of months, uh, the first ever majority African American female city council was just elected with five African American women voted to city council, which is that was the first time that that ever happened. Obviously, Van Johnson was just elected as mayor. A very it seems as though it's a very sort of progressive change, at least at the top. But obviously, there's a big difference between what you see at the top and what's maybe happening on the ground. So maybe talk a little bit about what you've kind of seen change and and um, the differences between then and now. I think it's the inner the interaction of the different communities that have come into Savannah. I like the fact that people are coming here from other places and they're bringing all of their skill sets and all of their culture with them. And I think that uh, justification of all of these different influences is what's making Savannah come into the 21st century. If someone were to hear that dialogue of a meeting with a law firm in the 1990s, now fast forward, I would guarantee some of those lawyers uh, that were sitting at the table trying to decide whether or not I had the experience, we would have voices at that table that would say, no, this is unjust. So we're bringing in some new players from new generations that are raising their voices and not being afraid. And I think it's because they have the confidence that they can sustain themselves with their skill sets. You see, when you're talking about an art and cultural community, mm-hmm. we're innovative. So it's like, if you fire me, no problem. I'll just go down on the corner and I'll set up a fruit stand and I'll sell fruit. It's like you have to create um, a circle of energy that says no one can own you, and I'm going to speak my truth, and I think that is what is happening now. We've got some new energies in the city, and they have influenced the larger community of Savannah, and our people welcome that. Our communities love that. I love going from community to community and seeing an intergenerational uh, influence. I love seeing the uh, different cultures. I think Savannah is... uh, has arrived, and I think it has to do with that outside influence as we go to this new century. I think it's wonderful. I'm enjoying every moment of it. How did the mm-hmm. two of you, AJ and Pat, kind of hook up? Because you guys have been doing the Jubilee Day festivities for a couple years now, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think this past year, this that was just a couple of you know weeks ago, was mm-hmm. the biggest it's been. This exhibition was. Uh, a slam dunk. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, a home run. It was a great exhibition. So I'm curious mm-hmm. how how long have the two of you been working together? How, and how did you hook up? Um, I believe 
daughter. We met. Yeah. Well, we met in passing. We met around. I think maybe through. Um, it was. We met through Emergence Savannah. Um, the, yeah, one of the or, right, yeah, right, right, right. With Tom, right. Tough so that one of the um, organizations that I was involved with, uh, co-founded and organized with. So that's where we first met. Um, Pat Gunn came out and participated in a side project we did um, called Artists of Social Change, and we had uh, some outdoor event. Um, set up on one on 39th Street. Yeah, remember, and that was yeah. Storytelling and, on the porch. Yeah, so yeah. Pat Gunn was a storyteller on one of the porches. We had right. we had right. four porches. That, that were was activated. an Art 912 that event that project. was organized by Stephanie Rains, was it not? Yeah, no, that was the well, that was the um, Emergence Savannah one that was very similar to the one okay, that Stephanie okay, Rains okay. did. Yeah, that she did the artist, the artist in resident. Um, project, which is very similar, where we're activating multiple houses on it one was block. It was yeah, cool. and it was, and that was really a great event. That sure was. I so that's how we that. were introduced to each other. But then it wasn't until um, one of Pat's daughters was um, having, um, going to be doing a show at Sulphur Studios, a space that I co-own um, and operate. And Pat came by to drop off some paperwork for her daughter, who wasn't in town at the time. And then, and this was in the beginning of December um, of 2016. Yes. And she mentioned, um, she just happened to mention this um, this body of, of work. Exhibit. Yeah, this abolitionist exhibit yeah. that was going to be coming down right. from, from Virginia. Oh, that exhibit. Yes. Yeah. So when she mentioned that and told me, because you know, it's for Jubilee Day, I had never heard of Jubilee Day after being in Savannah at that point was what, 16 years. Um, I never heard of Jubilee Day. Um, I knew about the the March to the Sea, like that story, but as far as like the commemorative event taking place on December 21st. Um, for those who were um, uh, that were enslaved to be, you know, given their freedom. So this was something that was like just kind of, you know, oh wow, this is I never heard this before. I would love to help, you know, spread the awareness. And so we exhibited that that exhibition of abolitionist right. photographs, and that's what started the relationship yes. um, between Pat and I. Well, and you're talking about you know the sort of newer, younger generation people like AJ who are. And very invested in Savannah now. Eight, I mean, how many years now? 18, 19, 19 years? Oh, my counting. gosh. I mean, it goes it'll by be, fast. It'll be 20 it? this yeah. in September. <laughs> I know. Go, right? But, I mean, you know, I think it's important to, you know, you, you know, you mentioned kind of this and, and passing it on, you know, and, and because I I will say like AJ's, like I, it was not the 2019 or I think it was maybe the 2017 Jubilee Day was okay. the first time I had ever heard of it myself too. So, like, it's, there's an educational component that's really, really important where, you know, you do sort of phase out those old bad ideas by just education, getting new young that's people key. involved and people learn and it yes. it transitions as time goes mm -hmm. on. I think that's the key, the education piece. You know, we, we, we have a walking tour and it's called Slaves in the City. And when we get calls, some of the calls from tourists are saying, we cannot leave this city without coming on your tour because of the educational component. So it's the education piece. You know, education is empowerment. Education is light. And when you put light to something, people see. And I think that um, I'm excited about the fact that we have young artists that have caught this vision because that's really what our work is about. Mm -hmm. uh, we're like, uh, okay, we could say we're uh, torch carriers, but we, we're looking for some relay runners now. 
And I think these artists are the best relay runners. I saw it this past uh, uh, Jubilee season. Sister Roz and I are, are definitely certified OGs. We own it. But I saw OGs <laughs> being able to say, hey, can you go and interview at the television station? Can you go over here? And they did an excellent job. So, listen, they got that. We can now go to uh, a vacation, maybe to Vegas or something, and not have to worry because <laughs> the young folk, you guys have it. We just want to keep encouraging you that if something seriously now uh, happens where we're not available, we're confident that they can take it to the next level. And so it's been an honor to work with AJ and the Sulphur Studios and all the other artists that we call artivists. It's been an honor, and we just hope it grows and uh, we can uh, challenge and make some things happen. We like a good fight. I love the metaphor of the relay race there. For right. those who are just joining us, we're we're speaking here with Pat Gunn. This is Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, and streaming at WRUU.org. Again, I'm Rob Hessler. My special in-studio guest co-host is A.J. Perez. And, um, you know, I, I am sort of uh, interested in talking more about, so we were talking about Jubilee Day, and before we went on the air, I was kind of mentioning is like, the thing that's really important to me and that we kind of talk about during this discussion is the Jubilee Day is kind of one day and a few, it's a specific day, but then there's a few events that are so uh, kind of associated with it. Obviously, there was a talk this past weekend, but then it's kind of like, okay, well, that's over with and we're not really thinking yeah. about that. But I think it's really important that we keep that dialogue going. You mentioned what you do with underground tours and bringing people around to these important sort of sites and stuff around Savannah. But I also also know that you have a passion project here in Savannah, something that you're trying to get done, and that's historical markers pertaining to slavery. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I absolutely will. What I know for true, I'm Gullah Geechee, you know. And what I know for true is that I truly believe that the creator is not going to allow me, quote unquote, allow me to leave this universe until we get these markers. It is uh, unfortunate we haven't done it already, but it's time. We need markers that, that say that enslaved Africans dwelled here and they built this city. There are tribal marks, there are Dinkra symbols, there are all kinds of images in plain view around us, and we need markers to commemorate, not celebrate, but to commemorate their contributions to this quote-unquote beautiful city. And so, uh, our push is to get these markers. We have identified 24 so far, but we're getting calls now from the county saying, listen, open it up countywide. There are also places on the other side of town. So we must have markers to actually commemorate what happened here, just as we have other markers. How dare we have a slave auction at uh, Johnson Square, and there are seven hyster historical markers there in that square, but not one that says that this was a slave auction. So we've got to unredact, as I can create a new word, we've got to unredact the history of Savannah and make it very holistic, and the markers will do just that. It will let them know that those enslaved Africans were here, and they mattered, and they built us a beautiful city. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I one of the things I think that pervades, and I can, you know, as the white guy that's sitting in this interview right now, I can say is that there's this feeling, I think, among some people that that it's like it's shameful to to revisit that. But that's not what this is about. It's about honoring those people who have come before. And it's not it, it's I mean, I didn't have a slave. I didn't have slaves, exactly. but that doesn't mean I can't appreciate like exactly. what and, and learn from it and grow from it and stuff like that. So I think that there's a there. I mean, I think it's more than time. And I wonder, what has the response been as far as, uh, you know, trying to get these done? I would say we've gotten uh, a good response from the city. 
and we hope with this new administration they will continue that. Um, we're hoping to get these markers done ASAP, and uh, this year is going to be a remarkable year where we begin that process. We've also got some good kudos from the Monument Commission urging us to come to them, so that's our next step. Uh, and also there's some movement going around to go into Alabama and get the, our jar of soil from the Equal Justice Initiative mm. under uh, Brian Stevenson, uh, a lawyer who I work with in Atlanta on death penalty. So I think things are coming full circle. They're going to uh, uh, push to pick up this jar of soil to say that there were lynchings here in Chatham County. So if we pick up that jar of soil and acknowledge it, then the next step should be to identify where those lynchings were and maybe have some kind of commemoration. So the focus of our work is not to say you were there in, in those time periods, but to simply acknowledge the truth, reconcile, and heal. So we want Savannah to be a place where people can come and, and heal. I think the third port of entry for slavery should now be flipped into the first uh, city that talks about healing and reconciliation for their duties that they have already done. So I think this is a place of um, action now. We're looking for new ideas. We want to heal, and we want to show Savannah off as a place that's equitable for everyone. But you have to uh, begin that with truth. And the truth is that African uh, slaves came in here in uh, 1748. And the truth is that Savannah, our government, purchased 350 slaves. And the truth is that they dwelled here under the antebellum circle of slavery for 116 years. But if you go downtown, there's no evidence that they dwelled here at all. So we've got to begin the process. Well, I'd like to refer our listeners back to some recent episodes that have been posted up on various sites on the WRUU website at Do Savannah um, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. You can find this, but it's the third arts uh, public arts panel discussion that Christopher Monroe put together and on that panel was Jerome Meadows and he is a, a local Savannah artist who has done some projects here but he's much more well respected outside of Savannah unfortunately and he's done a couple of um, he did in Portsmouth, New Hampshire he did the African burial ground site they found some they found uh, bodies buried underneath the street mm -hmm. and they stopped construction and they did this beautiful monument there. And as Jerome shares in talking about it, that wasn't a that wasn't something that the people there felt shame about. They go up to him now and thank him for introducing an important part of their history and so that they could be healing that would come from it. Exactly. And right now, same thing right now, Jerome is working on a project up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the Ed Johnson memorial he was lynched uh the, it's the ed johnson lynching memorial yes, yes. and it's a 1.2 million dollar project in chattanooga similarly sized city to savannah and again though if you look at the sculpture and the design of it it's a positive thing ed johnson is turning away from it you can take him by the hand and walk him into the future together hand yes. in hand and it's this beautiful thing. It doesn't need to be something that we shy away from. It's something that we can embrace and actually it will increase our pride as a community. It brings us Absolutely. together in a way. And yeah. that, again, is where artists come into play. Uh, I'm hosting tomorrow the uh, women from Tybee Island, and we're going to have conversations about Tybee Island's Lazaretta Creek. 
And if someone said, where can we do an archaeological dig in Savannah as a priority, I'm going to share that. We're going to be talking to Tybee Allen about doing a dig at Lazaretta Creek where they threw live bodies into a creek that floated into the ocean. Uh, those bodies, the skeletons are still there. There are over 1,200 mm. bodies under Calhoun Square at Abercorn in the 400 block. So we have our own opportunities to do a lot of commemoration here. Why is Savannah the most haunted city? Uh, the true story <laughs> is that they built over cemeteries. So we've got some commemoration to do, and I think through commemoration uh, you can heal. So, yes, we want to heal the people, and I think that uh, the more they dig, the more you're going to find it. So let's kind of have two steps ahead of them and acknowledge it happened and do some commemoration. Uh, people go out to the river uh, every December 21st. We have some Gullah Geechee shrimpers that go out there and, f- and throw flowers where Lazaretta Creek is and uh, pour milk mm. into the sea. So mm. we've got a lot of things that we need to make official, and one of them is we've got to get some type of commemorations, not just markers. What if we planted trees? What if we had a memorial place where people could actually come and weep and heal and get it out of their system and we can move forward. Uh, one of the things mm-hmm. that we did with the Jubilee piece is we love to um, have that image of the Sankofa bird. And the Sankofa bird is that mythical bird that looks back into the future but moves forward. So when the naysayers come up and say, oh, here they go talking about slavery again. No, we're not talking about slavery. We're talking about the journey from slavery to freedom and how we must all find a way to heal. Mm-hmm. And I think that provides the perfect transition point. We're about at the halfway point, and we're going to move from talking about things that we would like to see happen to something that has already happened, and that's the Savannah Gallery on Slavery and Healing. And when we get back, we're going to get all into that, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. And I want to refer you all while we're during this break. Take a look at the Facebook page for Art on the Air where you can see a couple of pictures that Pat has sent over so you can get a sense of what we're talking about. We will be right back. Savannah State University presents the 31st annual Savannah Black Heritage Festival from February 1st through the 23rd at various locations in Savannah. Highlights include Grand Festival Day, Songs of Freedom and Justice, the Future of Jazz Concert, and many lectures and exhibits focused on black history. For more information, visit savannahblackheritagefestival.org. Welcome back into the studio. This is Rob Hessler, and you're listening to Art on the Air here on WRUU. I've got a special in-studio guest host, co-host, AJ Perez, and our in-studio guest this week is Pat Gunn. I really quickly want to make uh, let you all know that next on next week's show, we're going to have Lisa Watson and Jennifer Moss to talk about Sulphur Studios' upcoming group show, Reclaimed. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also going to be talking with Zoe Hiddleston about her her drive-through art box over at Green Truck, which I'm absolutely in love with. And I wanted to mention as well, too, that I did an interview yesterday with Amy Pleasant over at Laney Contemporary about her exhibition, Echo. The opening reception for that is tomorrow, Thursday, January 16th, over at Laney Contemporary, which is at 1810 Millsby Lane Boulevard. I hope I'm getting that address right because for some reason it's not on my paper. But look it up if you don't know exactly. But I think that's right. 1810 Millsby Lane Boulevard. And I'm going to air that interview with her in a couple of weeks here. That was a good 20-minute interview, and I think you're really going to enjoy that. But back now into the studio with what we've got going on here, talking with Pat Gunn and AJ Perez. And we're going to shift gears now over to the Savannah Gallery on Slavery and Healing. 
Pat, why don't you just tell us what it's all about, first and foremost, for people who might not have heard about it because it's so brand new. Yeah, it's an exciting new uh, gallery that we've opened. It's been open since November, I guess officially December, because that's when we were licensed, right, Ross? Well, it began because when we leave our tour at Johnson Square, our last stop is Slave Auction Block, and we come together, and people don't want to leave the square. I find myself on a tour that's supposed to last an hour and a half, lasting three hours, because (laughs) once we finish the tour, they simply are in such awe, they're reflective, so we decided... We've got to finish the conversation. The gallery has uh, been that that extension of the conversation, and it was put together and inspired by some of the folks that came on our tour that heard our hearts, and we got a letter, and a, a donor basically said, hey, I heard your heart, start your gallery. So we got the actual seed to start the gallery from someone that was on our tour. And so what's the address of the gallery specifically? Uh, yes, the gallery is located at 718A as in Apple, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard uh, in the heart of the uh, um, the uh, historic area of downtown Savannah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to so I want to ask you though because like and and this might surprise some of our listeners here, but I was looking at some of those images that you sent over. That is some very groundbreaking and there's some experimental art going on there. There's some kind of historical slave artifacts but i mean there is like as contemporary of art as you will see in that space and i want to i want you to talk a little bit about your curatorial choices because i'm i was i will say even i was very surprised at that i think it was an evolution in a short period of time uh we have some co-curators sister roz and i co-curated the photographic exhibit with eric uh and amy uh eric saul and dr amy fist from the West Virginia area. Uh, And those are photographs of slavery, freedom, and then emancipation. So we specifically wanted to pull pictures to have people come in and see how how enslaved Africans looked at the end of the slave era in 1864 in Savannah. So you can come in there and see downtown city market and uh, free people sitting in the heart of the city market. You can see people in the West Savannah area, Carver Village, the very first village. And you can see some beautifully donated on loan uh, pieces that are contemporary from Bernice and Andy Tate from Bluffton, South Carolina. They came in and brought the contemporary parts of it. So we've been able to blend it together. We also have artifacts from uh, the African diaspora where we're selling a lot of their art collectibles, uh, authentic talking drums and xylophones and textiles. So it's just a wonderful culmination of things in the gallery and the gallery has a gift shop. We have people shopping for us in West Africa and we're selling their wares mm. and we're looking for local artists that are creative and bringing in their jewelry and other handmade pieces. So we're just trying to take them on a whirlwind of circus from slavery to freedom and when they come out of there feel healed and can feel the human spirit of our people. Well let's say if as somebody that goes into the gallery, maybe they haven't been on your tour, so they don't have like the whole background information. What do you? Th- how do you think, general and in general, and also within your space, how can art tell the stories of Africans and African Americans beyond what you do with underground tours? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I think it can. They can come into our gallery and experience American history. Um, As uh, the new generation say, period. (laughs) I like that. Uh, We say for true, but I like period, you know? 
I like um, for true. It sounds like really true? good coming from you. Okay, I mean, well, for true. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I couldn't pull that off. Could, I have to say, we'll, period. We'll work but. on it. We'll work with you. We'll work <laughs> with you. I want them to know that when they come in, they'll come in. My daughter just called the other day and said she's bringing some people over. Mm-hmm. Can you put together some type of card, mother, so I'll know? And I said, yes. You know, when you walk in to the left, you'll see the American documents, the U.S. Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and all of that. And then you'll see the slave piece. You'll see the freedom piece. And we're most excited to also let people know we have a room that's totally dedicated to the abolitionists. So they will see white faces in the place as well because we want to let people know not to ever forget them. We actually got some pieces we purchased from the White House, which are the medals of honor from those abolitionists. So they Mm. need to come and take a look-see at the entire piece, and they'll see that this is American history and that this story must be told 365, not just 28 days in February. We are getting a whole lot of calls. We want them to know we're open all day, uh, 365. Uh, people call and we're closed, and they want to see it, and it's a group. We'll go downtown and open. We just want people to get this information because it's holistic. Well, why don't you give the number now, actually, if people want to get more information? Yes, the, the number is uh, 912-596-2491, and that's the number at the gallery. Call us and leave a message if you if we're on a tour, we'll call you back within 24 hours and want you to come on and enjoy it. Uh, we encourage groups. We have lots and lots of uh, field trips. So if teachers are listening, we definitely want them to come on field trips. A uh, shout-out to Savannah Country Day School. They're coming soon. We've already had the Andrews Schools and Andrews School. And um, lots of public schools are coming as well. So we're excited. We want people to come, family reunions. We've even had a couple of nice gatherings of people who just want to uh, – celebrate their birthdays and they're bringing them by the gallery as a part of their commemoration and tour so we're creative come on and uh, take a look see at what we're doing downtown let's talk about the educational piece there and you mentioned the schools here um and and i'll just real quickly again say you're listening to art on the air and wruulp savannah georgia 107.5 fm and wruu.org i want to hit back on that because during the conversation uh, around Freedom Now, quest for new consciousness, finding our way. The the topic of bringing that kind of dialogue into school kind of came up, and I thought that you know you're mentioning being open to having students, not even opening, welcoming yes. to having students come in. How do we make that happen? You know what I mean? Like, how do we kind of create those that bridge so that way that that part of history is it's almost like it's just take it for granted that that is going to be taught rather than it's like fighting tooth and nail to, you know, oh, you said you got, you're you're, you're being complimentary of Savannah Country Day for coming, but that's just one school. I mean, like, and and one class or whatever, you know? So how do we kind of integrate those things, do you think? You know, every time we have a tour with young people on the river, we ask the question, how many of you have uh, had discussions in your classes on, uh, Uh, the transatlantic slave trade, and we'll get responses like maybe 5%. Uh, So we know, and they'll raise their hand and say, but we've had it in Black History Month. So again, those short 28 days, they may do a snippet. What we're saying is that um, we want to be that resource go-to for students and their teachers. So we have actually put together a website on abolitionists uh, and and that uh, journey. Um, The slave gallery is getting ready to do a visual uh, website. They're doing a virtual tour website so people can actually see the actual gallery from around the world. And we also um, are encouraging them to do projects. So 
Uh, we have students that are doing projects to find out things like how many slave ships came into Savannah and different things. We're getting letters from parents. I had a lady that sent a letter yesterday saying it was heartwarming. I have two children, age seven and nine, and my seven-year-old is very, very uh, uh, sensitive to this issue. Um, can I bring her on the tour? And I sent her a letter back saying, absolutely, and what we'll do is personalize that tour. We do not have harsh conversations on our tours or the gallery with children. We know how to do that, mm -hmm. but we will personalize a package based on what they're going through. But the most exciting thing I can tell you is that we're putting together the teacher toolkits because we're finding, aha, uh -huh, that our teachers don't have the information about slavery. Right. So I mean, we're offering it to teachers toolkits on mm -hmm. how to tell the story and the American history being interwoven into it. Andrew Johnson was the first uh, a president that got impeached, but he's a character in the slave trade. So we need to make sure that lights go off, buzzes, that people know the history and how these things are all connectional. Mm. You also, however, and I want to bring this up, Egyptian yoga? Yeah, we think we put a little, <laughs> we we put a little fun in there. We, we, have a, we support our artists. We have an artist, uh, Ebony Holmes, who does Egyptian yoga, and we thought we'd, we'd have a chance to put some energy and nutritional pieces in, and I added a little more flavor. She has uh, Egyptian uh, a yoga with mimosas every now and then. So incentives is what we're doing. <laughs> we're putting some incentives together. The classes have been very cool, though. They've been uh, bringing in students from Savannah State and others, and she's been having a pretty large class of both men and women, and some of the women are even bringing their husbands. So uh, don't feel shy. Come on by. Right. Once a month we have Egyptian yoga. And she's coming down from Atlanta, too, right? Yes, she's taking yeah. her time and coming to from Atlanta. It's mm -hmm. all voluntary, oh, wow. and, and so we let her have the space, and we just want to educate the community. You've got to also balance this work with relaxation and, and, and all of that. And so while they're doing that, uh, we have our mat and the founders of the gallery. You'll find them hanging out and doing some Egyptian yoga as well. That's really – see, I think that that's, uh, you know, like we're talking about very heavy and serious topics. Yeah. And I think it is important to, to know yes. that there is – that this is a wide tapestry. This isn't mm -hmm. just one, you know, it's no. not, there's a lot going on here. So now we've been talking, we didn't even talk about half of the things I wanted to talk about today. Yes, I will yeah. tell you, we, you know, <laughs> um, which means we got to have you come back to on. To be continued. Yeah, to be <laughs> continued. No worry. But what's next for, for Pat Gunn now? I mean, you, you know, you, you, there is a bit of a, you know, I know that Underground Tours is going on all year long. You just finished bringing a big project to Savannah. But as you said, it's not just about these couple of months. So what is kind of, what is your plan for this year as far as like, what do you got on the docket here? Because I know you've got a lot of things going on. Well, you know, I'm so glad that Roz is here because I'm always pushing things out of my brain and into her brain. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? We're getting ready to do some Gullah, some fun things. We're getting ready to do some Gullah Geechee classes. People need to learn this language. It's an endangered uh, language, they say, but it really isn't. So we want people to learn the language that we speak every day in these communities on the Georgia coast, along with the other four, uh, three states. Uh, we're going to do some cooking classes. We're going to teach people how to cook our food ways. Uh, Sign me up right now. I mean, seriously, doing, I'm down with that. Yes, I mean, come on in. We're doing a few fish fries every now and then, but... 
We're excited about our classes once a month that Roz is hosting on Black History 365. Mm. And she'll be teaching young people and anyone else that wants to come the history um, classes. And so we have books donated. We welcome other books coming in. But we're going to do this so that young people will know their history. And uh, it will be in a combination of black history as well as just American history. So we're excited about that. In terms of Sister Pat, personally, I really want to finish my book. I'm doing a book on my journey, my 60 years on the planet, and I think that if I can just get those markers, hint, hint, I can finish my book. Uh, The book is uh, going to be entitled uh, Journey Proud. And so I want to finish that book so I can tell my story so that uh, we'll have a blueprint. You know, we, we believe in the Gullah Geechee community. You've got to make your mark. And I think that we also have to leave our marks in terms of blueprints. And I've talked over the years with some of the civil rights icons. And I'd said to people in the past, like uh, the late Dr. Uh, Jose Williams, I call him my doctor of wisdom, uh, uh, Reverend Jose, when are you going to write that book? And he said, you know, uh, McGraw-Hill gave me a deposit, and I'm going to write it. But he never got a chance to write mm. it. So I encourage people to write your books. Uh, put your blueprint down so you'll have something that people can look at. I can't stand in the feet, uh, the feet of uh, the civil rights icons, but I can stand in the feet of being a, a relay runner for them so I can pass the torch on to another generation. So I want to write the book, and I want to travel, and I want to kind of see a little bit of the world. So that's what's on my agenda. Once we can get these uh, new generations started and they've already <laughs> begun, I think we can take a little break every now and then. Very nice. Well, we are basically out of time here now. Pat, why don't you give us the details? If people want to do one of your underground tours, how can they get a hold of you? You've already given the number for the um, the yes. for the gallery and such. But go ahead and give all the contact information again. I mean, obviously, th- there's a lot more to tell. Yes. And how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so thanks. So um, if you want to get information about our tours, you can go to our website. It's uh, undergroundtoursofsavannah.net. And if you want to call us, you can call us again. Uh, the tour number is 912-547-5937 and book a tour. Uh, it can be two people or it could be 40 people. We take them in. We encourage uh, family reunions and class reunions. Come on down to the river and let us give you this amazing history. And we do not leave out corporate uh, companies. We also host a lot of conventions. So come and take a look-see. And what we say down on the river is come and walk with us. We want to show you this history, and we want to also commemorate what happened here in our city. But we also want to say that not one single person will leave our tours saddened in their spirit because we're also talking about victory. So you won't leave sad. Come downtown and take a look-see and join we. Very good. Pat Gunn, mm-hmm. it's been my absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being Thank here you. with us. It's been my honor. And our conversation isn't quite done on this subject. We're going to play a field note with Philip Davis, and it is from the Freedom Now Quest for New Consciousness, Finding Our Way discussion circle that took place at the Savannah Cultural Arts Center Gallery this past Saturday, January 11th, 2020. And it is really about, it's about his work, which you can see on the Art on the Air Facebook page, but it's about so much more than that. So we'll finish up the show with that. Before I get out of here and play this interview with Phil Davis, I wanted to mention again, next week we've got Lisa Watson and Jennifer Moss to talk about Sulphur Studios' upcoming group show, Reclaimed, on next week's episode. That's on Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 
107.5 FM and at WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundies Community Radio with Global Soul. Thanks again, Pat Gunn, for being here today. My honor. Thank you. And let me just say thank you for Roz. She's been sitting here being emotional and, and supportive Roz, and cheering us on. So <laughs> happy to have you here, Roz. AJ, thank you for taking your time to come into the Absolutely. studio today. I really appreciate it. And I want to mention, too, and I just want to say uh, congratulations to you, AJ. Chroma, the five-year anniversary exhibition of Sulphur Studios is coming up soon. Appreciate that it. Is, Thank you. You are part of the the, the, the the trifecta. That's right. Over yes. there, it's five years old. Can I you believe it? I think we're it. walking now and speaking coherent sentences, so it's it's going well. <laughs> and that's February. Do you know um, got the date? February twenty-first will be the the public reception, and, and it'll be Sulphur a little more a little more party-like atmosphere than than our typical receptions. And it's called Chroma because it's going to be colorful. It's going to be very colorful. Yes. We got to get out of here. Philip Davis is coming up next here with this with this uh, field note. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy this interview. Hello, everyone. Philip Davis. I will say I want to be very specific with my words, and I will put out like a disclaimer. I don't want to like trigger anyone in anything I say. So I want to like keep the energy and you know the harmonious vibes that we have going on. But I still want to express myself if y'all are okay with that. The title of my series was uh, Freedom Now was uh, Freedom of the Privilege. Um, they asked us to express what freedom now meant to us, how that looked, did it exist, what it meant to us. Um, I decided to play devil's advocate a little bit through my own experiences and just going through life with society, literally being a, a, a black male, an artist. My signature character in this piece is a mannequin. I, I kind of like to use that mannequin to kind of represent everybody. Um, it's just not one person, one group of people, minorities in all situations. I wanted to talk about the, the freedom that exists for those that can still oppress due to certain symbolisms. I wanted to depict the illusion of freedom. So we have this, this, this character who has an obvious target on his back looking out this window that has, as you can see, freedom written through it. So the inside of that, that window that we see freedom on and we're looking out and we're hoping that it is freedom, on the, on the latter side of that would be, to me, these, these symbolisms. Because to me, again, there's an illusion of freedom. And on the other side of that, we have those that believe, you know, and this is my experience, I'm not speaking for a group, I'm speaking for Philip Davis, the artist. And, and I hated seeing all lives matter when at a certain time, Certain lives did matter, and I didn't mean nobody else's lives didn't matter, but I feel like, you know, this statement was a band-aid over real situations and issues. I'll start with the more obvious one. This is a, a Ku Klux Klan mask, if you can't tell, and I mean, I shouldn't have to really explain the, the symbolism and, and history that comes along with things that that, that particular organization set in, in, in motion for, for history and where we are right now. I have friends that are Trump supporters, but I still have my reserves about seeing this image. I mean, this right here triggers me personally, you know? It's like, <laughs> I want to know what a great America looks like. The badge, I'm not saying all police officers are horrible, crooked, and this, that, and the third, but we do have some officers that abuse that badge, and that is a certain privilege. I feel like all of these symbolize a certain privilege of freedom 
that certain people can use of all races. And I, I just really want to depict that even though there are, and I'm, I'm grateful that we can all sit in the room and have this conversation because that in itself is a certain freedom that we have come you know, from our past to be able to do, but I feel like there's still work to be done and being able to talk about these things openly and you know, share our experiences, share how we can resolve these things and just continue to make progress forward. I'm going to try to speak loud enough. You know, this is an evolution process. And we always begin by removing globs and density. So you got to move the globs about freedom. You got to remove the density about freedom. And artists are probably those who are most likely to stay in that conversation than any other group of people. So those of you who are intimate in this, I mean, who have been together in this, I would really urge you and encourage you to brainstorm what meaning have we created for this so that we as artists can evolve as voices for justice in a very informed kind of way. <laughs> they want me to read my, my, my quote that's on, on my painting and it says, Oh, how carefree it must be to inherit such luxury. Some of us are born with a silver spoon, some of us had to go make one. Well, I have a question. I have uh, something I want to ask you a little bit more about, Philip. So, in, in relation to that, I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about with this show is you know, what you've just said, that question or that statement. I mean, that's a statement that has been asked in the world for generations by people all over the world. So that's something that humanity shares, this thing, uh, the injustice, uh, the lack of um, equity, I suppose you'd say, uh, for some people um, to uh, fulfill their potential, let's say. Because okay? um, you know, the, the title of the show, Freedom Now, Quest for a New Consciousness, Finding Our Way, I mean, there are three big ideas in that title. And, and the ideas are not necessarily connected. But I think probably for you, certainly, and for anybody who's in the show, we were thinking about those three parts of the, of the title. So what, as you're thinking about the way forward, as you're thinking about the quest that we all have maybe in this room, you know, to try and find a new consciousness, then, because bearing in mind the fact that this is a very old question and there have been you know, times in history where people have tried to address this, you can say socialism, you know, Marxism, were attempts to try and address some of these questions. What do you think is, um, for us now, what do you think we need to be doing? Man, we need to be completely honest and truthful and sit down and have more conversations. I'm not completely about like constantly meeting and talking about stuff. I'm about like, let's have one meeting, let's do something. But that starts with stopping and truthfully looking at where we're all at right now and where the world is right now and what's really going on. And I feel like we keep getting to a point where things are getting swept under the rug. Like I feel like we should be able to all throw our issues with what's going on in the world in a pot. We pick them out one by one and we sit here together as a collective and figure out the best way for everybody 
to resolve that until we get down to the bottom of that list. But until we keep having where I might say, I'll just use my, my picture, I might say Black Lives Matter. And then somebody comes and says, oh, all lives matter. And then that takes away from the main issue. And now we're back and forth. We're in an emotional about what's going on and nothing's getting resolved. I feel like it's a topic brought up and then we just talk about how we feel about it instead of talking about how we can create change and resolution around it. So it's time to stop talking about how we feel about it and talk about the facts about it and then go out and actually make changes. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.